This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Ben McLaughlin joined this week by Josh Hilkeman, Austin Orman. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this fine glorious weekend afternoon or late morning or whenever it is people listening to this great <laughs> doing dandy is Austin, it is, yeah is, is it just me or is is this the first time this year that we've had the exact same three hosts of the podcast for back-to-back weeks is i that, think that is cor- might be i think that's correct yes other than obviously the for the draft edition because we were all on that one. right but i mean like but three for one, three yeah. the same yeah Yes. So hey, this will so this will be the first time in I think like four weeks that we don't have two. Uh, who's playing? Uh, who's am I, am I against any of you guys this week? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I, I'm I don't Nick. think there's so, any of us so, matching yeah, up. So yeah, nobody matching up for the first time in like forever. So we we can actually help each other here, even <laughs> though I'm not even helping myself, having left George Kittle in my lineup on Thursday with a broken leg. So not off to a great start. For me, but anyway, um, okay, guys, let's just talk. Let's just start first with uh, with last week and how everything went. Going over some results, uh, we'll start first with my beat down with Josh Banderas. Um, so I, here, here's here's kind of where I'm at with my team. Everybody is just okay, you know. Like I don't have I don't have like the PTP or like the Camara, the Mahomes, the Wilsons, the Dalvin Cooks. Even the Calvin Ridley's like I don't have that guy. I got a bunch of guys that score between 18 points and 12 points a week, and that's it's just not enough. So I mean, I feel like every week I go up against like this week I went up against Mick, who had Tyree Kill, who had 25. Alvin Kamara had 25. Like I just don't have anybody that can keep up with that. Uh, so my team is always solid. It's just like I don't have the high ceiling type players, and that, and that came back to bite me. Bando 143 points on the week. Uh, second to only Josh, who we'll get to here in just a second. So, uh, yeah, things are things are falling apart for Kittles and Blitz. My my confidence level, my boys, right now about a two or three out of ten. So I'm not feeling good. Um, Josh, let's go to your matchup next. You took on Austin, and uh, this would have been really <laughs> close if you took the one away from uh, <laughs> from Josh's score, one sixty seven sixty six to sixty seven eighty four. Austin, I don't know that there's really much to say here. Um, I mean, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey was – Dalvin Cook and, and DK Metcalf were enough to beat you just by those two, by themselves. You know, it, it's one of those schedule losses. To coming off a tough week last week, another tough week this week. Everyone, for me, underperformed darn near. And like you said, those two guys for Josh really went off. But, uh, yeah, no, not a, not a great situation when your third-highest scoring team is your defense. Ugh. with 10 Josh, points let's yeah josh let's go to you next like do you, are, right now if you had to answer like do you feel like your team is going to win the whole thing uh i won't go that far i think that i feel comfortable that 
I'll have the most points scored at the end of the regular season. I ha- I feel not quite as comfortable that I'll be the number one seed going into the playoffs. I feel like I have a good shot at that, but that's all. I'm, I still have to catch Bando in order to have that happen. Um, and then when you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Like you can lose. All it takes is one loss, and you're done. So, um, and, and in fantasy football, things get tricky in the playoffs because you're talking about the last couple weeks of the regular season and um, teams possibly resting other teams fighting for a playoff spot and, and doing everything they can. So there, there's a lot of uncertainty. So no, I do not feel comfortable saying that I will be the, the, the winner of the entire thing, but I, I, right now the, the lead that I have in total points scored, I feel pretty good. And I, I love my team. Don't get me wrong. Like I love the pieces that I have, um, so I, I feel pretty comfortable or pretty confident, I'll say, going into into most matchups. Austin, would you agree that if Vegas were to slap odds on this baby, Josh's team would be the odds-on favorite right now? Absolutely. We, we've talked about some of the other good teams, but no, as I, as I go up and down Josh's roster, and it's been pretty darn consistent, but yeah, I think, I think there's very little doubt that the Saucy Nugs would be the Vegas odds-on favorite. Yes, absolutely dominant performance this last weekend. Other finals... Greg beats Brett. Uh, d- good performances from Patrick Mahomes. How about Greg having Naeem Hines in his lineup, boys? That You talk about a gutsy play. That's a dude that I don't think has scored a touchdown. What is it, Austin? He hasn't scored a touchdown in like six weeks. It's he been hasn't a been a starting lineup, he, and, he, and he scores 21.2. What a gutsy oh, play there from Greg. Uh, he's also uh, thrown a lot of displeasure towards the way of Marvin Jones, who had a couple of touchdowns for Detroit. So um, Greg beats Brett. It was Tim over Mick, 129 to 108. Uh, you mentioned defenses and leading scoring, Austin. How about Philadelphia was Mick's leading scorer at 21 points, so his defense Yeesh. was his top scorer of the week. And then the other matchup, wow, how about this? Tight matchup between uh, Lamar, our fan, and Jeremiah Searles, 101 to 99. Man, Yeesh. crazy how that – and uh, looking at how this thing went down, uh, Brady uh, needed what? So 20 more passing yards would have done it for Jeremiah Searles with Brady on Monday night. That's how close that one was. Got that, that big week from Devontae Adams, I think what really pushed Lamar over the top. The 30 from him and 23 from Brandon Ayuk made up for 1.6 from Deontay Johnson, two points from the defense, and only two extra points from Mason, Mason Crosby. So... Devontae Adams, I think, really bailed Lamar out in that one. All right, Austin, we've kind of got a status report from my team, from Josh's team. We got a status report from your team last week uh, when we were all together, and you, you were flirting around with some potential moves on the on the waiver wire. Uh, where are you at with depth right now with your team? Do you feel like um, you've got frontline guys and nobody else behind him, do you feel like you have a bunch of just average players and you're having to mix and match who starts? Where are you at with what you've acquired from the waiver wire coupled with your injury situation? I'm in a better spot depth-wise now than I was before. We've talked about my my top-line guys going down with Dak, and I honestly count Amari Cooper as a loss with whatever Dallas is throwing out there at quarterback. So he's been (laughs) on my bench the last few weeks, but... I did make a couple moves. I picked up Mike Williams from the waiver wire uh, from the Chargers. I felt pretty good about that one. And running back was an issue for me. If I have one active running back, I hand Bando his first loss of the year. So I've, I've rectified that. 
I got Chase Edmonds back from waivers and picked Zach Moss up as well. Um, and then Robbie Anderson's been a guy that's been solid for me all year. I don't trust him as much against Kansas City, so he'll probably be on my bench this week. But Justin Jefferson, I slotted in for him. And Aaron Jones, I didn't play him this week, but he, he's back and is playing now, so that'll, that'll help out a lot as well. You mentioned, Austin, you went and picked back up Chase Edmonds. Was this the, the mysterious player that you let slip, slip away <laughs> On yes. the waiver wire, it, it, you, were, it, you were able to go snag him back up? It was Chase Edmonds. I he, he had been really solid, and he was on a bye week, so I think I didn't double-check the move. I just saw a bye and hit drop and then got extremely lucky that no one else picked him up a week before he's projected to get 17 against Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 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 is is maybe the biggest pickup right now because you think about the injury to Kenyon Drake, and I know the Cardinals are saying now that um, it's not as bad as they had once thought, but he has been bad as it is. So, I mean, that that is a big uh, big get there, and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out moving forward. Um, okay, guys, let's, uh, let's continue along something we've been doing the last few weeks, and that's kind of breaking down round by round um, and, and talking about how, how our draft has unfolded here in the middle weeks. I'm sure we'll, we'll we might talk about this towards the end again toward the playoffs in a much more broad sense. But we've been kind of going round by round the last few weeks of our draft. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna start with uh, round seven here and see. And, and now we start to get to the point with the money picks. Like these these guys are all probably uh, risky to a certain degree, but you can really win a league uh, when you're able to to steal some some good players here. So let's start with round seven. And great pick from Mick right out of the shoot in round seven. Kareem Hunt, who was a terrific handcuff to Nick Chubb, um, was going to have a decent amount of role in Cleveland's offense anyway. But with Chubb's injury situation, you knew that Kareem Hunt was a solid pick, and that definitely turned out to be. Um, I'm pleased with my seventh-round pick. I go Keenan Allen. He's probably been my most consistent wide receiver. Uh, Austin, you went Darren Waller here in the seventh round. What are your thoughts on on Darren Waller and what he's added to your team? And we've talked tight end a lot this year anyway, but are you pleased with what you've gotten from from Darren Waller and your tight ends overall this year? Oh, absolutely. He hasn't had a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle-esque game. I don't think he's topped 25 points, but I don't think he's been under 10 more than one. So I've always been able to count on him for between 15 and 20 points. And that's usually what he's projected for. So not a, not a high ceiling type of player, but a very high floor type of player. That's been very reliable all year. Yeah. Looking at the rest of round seven, it was kind of just a meh round for everybody outside of those picks. Josh, you go uh, Tariq Cohen here, who he would have had a, a, a decent role as Chicago's back, um, you know, had he stayed healthy, particularly yeah. in the in the pass catching game, he goes down pretty early on with an injury. And you know, you've seen David Montgomery. Ben, if it wasn't for Tariq Cohen getting injured, the value for David Montgomery, who I believe is is still on my team, um, is yeah, I drafted him in the ninth round. We'll get we'll get there in a little bit. His value would have been completely gone because that's the only value David Montgomery has now. Is you know, he might haul in four or five if he's lucky, receptions, because his his rushing yards and rushing totals this year have just been pure garbage. So <laughs> um, the, the Bears are just a, a, a mystery of a team to figure out. And, uh, and like a team like the Cowboys, you understand it, you know, because they've had a lot of injuries, particularly on the offensive line, definitely at quarterback. 
Um, but they can't seem to figure out what they want to do, that being the Bears. The, the, the Cowboys, you can at least understand why they're struggling so much, and that's what makes owners of Ezekiel Elliott, um, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper so frustrated because you haven't been able to, to get any consistent play since Dak has gone down. Round eight, uh, Greg goes Drew Brees here, solid pick. I was really envious of uh, Lamar's pick here in round eight when the draft happened. Michael Gallup, I really thought uh, Gallup would have a, a good year. And for whatever reason, the way that Mike McCarthy uses him, even when Dak was healthy, uh, it's been it's been an, an utter disappointment. I own Gallup in, I think, every other league that I'm in, and I dropped him in all of them. Can't stand, can't stand <laughs> watching that guy play anymore. Um, so that was one guy that I was sure would have a good year and definitely did not. Um, Josh, you go, uh, James White here. When have you cut ties with him? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm just going to, uh, give, give you guys a heads up on the rest of the, as we go through this draft recap, starting in round seven and all the way through round 15, none of the guys are, have, are either on my team or have done anything. They're either sitting on my bench or are completely off my team. Now, with that said, rounds one through six, all of those guys are playing key roles on my team. And that's and amazing. That overperforming. Is amazing but, that that's how that's played out. But it, it's, I, it's, it's it's a clean cut, though. Clean cut between round six and seven, between production, like all boom or bust. I, and I, I'm getting production from other guys, but they were not draft picks. They were pickups in other ways. That's amazing, Josh. The fact that you've been able to hit on rounds one through six with this year in particular, with COVID and with injuries – yeah. That is freaking impressive. That, that, I mean, I don't know that you – I feel like a lot of the leagues in, in a normal season are one in the middle rounds. But, man, right. well, that's, just let that's me, crazy. Let me just quickly run through those those six picks just to recap. Dalvin Cook in round one, Travis Kelsey round two, Adam Thielen round three, uh, Calvin Ridley round four. We'll get to him in a bit. Kyler Murray round five and DK Metcalf round six. Wow. So all six of those guys have – have been good for me, but as you mentioned, Tariq Cohen round seven, James White round eight. Neither of those guys have done anything for my team. I don't even know if they were in the in a lineup at all this season. So, and then from here on out, there ha- hasn't been much production either. So, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, okay, and then well, yeah, well, there's nothing really of note in round eight. Uh, Debo Samuel was an interesting pick because he was dealing with the injury. Uh, he was on Tim's team, and you know he's out. Uh, Antonio Gibson was a sneaky good pick from uh, from Mick. Proud of my eighth rounder, Tyler Boyd from Cincinnati. He was one. Of, he was a guy that I was really targeting in a lot of leagues, and I think I ended up with him in about every league. He's had a really consistent year for Cincinnati. I think his ceiling is a little lower than a guy like T. Higgins, but he every game he draws between eight and ten targets. He'll catch between five and eight of those, and usually ends up you know between seventy and eighty yards receiving. And if he gets a touchdown, it's a cherry on top. So happy with that pick. And so now you're kind of seeing the difference, right? I mean, Josh is relying so heavily on his top six picks, whereas you look at my draft, and you know, so the three round, the two so far, the two rounds that we've talked about, Keenan Allen and Tyler Boyd, those have been two of my better players, and they're coming in round seven and eight. My top six picks of my top three rounds, I lose. George Kittle for basically the entire year. He had one one week where he went off, and then he's been injured. And then I lose Saquon Barkley, my first-round pick. So two completely different scenarios playing out with who's stuck in lineups. Um, imagine if, if you know, my, my rounds in the middle rounds weren't guys that were contributing. Say I took, a, you know, 
a Devontae Parker in round eight or a, you know, a Marlon Mack in round nine. I might've just folded up shop and said, you guys take it over. I, I, I can't, I can't even, I can't even put a team on the field. You and Searles would have been spending a lot of quality time in a, in a hunting blind somewhere. We would, we would have done that. And we would have been fighting for, for lowest position on waiver wire every, every single week. Uh, that's for sure. So let's finish it up with round nine. Uh, Austin, we mentioned Marlon Mack here. Let's, let's talk Colts running backs for a second. You being a Colts fan, we heard from Ian Rappaport on Friday talking a little bit about the Colts offense. He was just as perplexed as, as us as to how this Colts offense works. Really the only uh, info that he could provide is, you know, as long as Phillip Rivers isn't throwing interceptions, that's going to be the biggest hindrance of the Colts. But, Austin, from the Colts team last year, who was, we're going to run it down your throat no matter what, to the Colts team this year, is it is it simply the loss of Marlon Mack, or do you couple that with the addition of Philip Rivers? Why does the offense look so different? I think losing Marlon Mack is a big part of that. He's been underrated for the last year and a half or so. He really came on about that year and a half goes really good last year, topped a thousand yards, and he was really the driving force of that that Colts rushing offense. So losing him was a big deal. Now the Colts have been used to you know fill in replacement running backs pretty much since Joseph Adai left town right after the Super Bowl run. I mean, Donald Brown's a guy that comes to mind, Vic, Vic Ballard, guys like that that you don't really hear a whole lot about, and they didn't do a whole lot. But I think the depth is solid. Jordan Wilkins, 20 carries, 89 yards last week. Naheem Hines is an okay runner, but he had those two reception touchdowns and a couple backflips last week as well. So good for, good for Greg having his pulse on it. But I, I don't know. It's the same exact offensive line as last year. Hasn't really been injured so I think teams have adjusted and Frank Reich hasn't really adjusted back yet but I I think I would tend to agree with Ian where if Phillip Rivers doesn't arm punt the running game is good enough to pick up third and fours and less for the most part run on first down quite a bit as well but they definitely can't lean on it like a Tennessee last year with Derrick Henry not many people guys I saw I saw this is unrelated to fantasy but I I saw measurables of Derrick Henry and Von Miller over the weekend. And they're basically identical. Like you, you think about, I think they're like a quarter of an inch height difference. They're a one pound weight difference. Uh, they're 40 times of the same. And you think about how elite of a players, both of those guys are at their spots. The fact that there's the same size is absolutely asinine to me. I feel like we need Von Miller in the Denver backfield and Derrick Henry at DN for at least a couple snaps next time those teams play just for kicks. Sure, why not? See what happens. Um, so, yeah, crazy. Okay, guys, let's, uh, let's jump into this week's matchups. Um, I, Austin, you used the word arm punt. That's basically what I'm doing this week <laughs> against Mick, having left George Kittle in my lineup uh, like an idiot. So I, I'm already down at tight end and, and down zero points. Unfortunately... Kittle could not contribute with his broken leg um, against the Packers and, uh, and a big goose egg for me. Uh, we've got Josh Banderas and Greg. This should be an interesting matchup. Bando 6-2, and two, Greg at 5-3. and three. Um, <laughs> this Matchup could have could start, started better for Brett as uh, <laughs> he's going up against Lamar, uh, our fan, and, and Brett is, is in a hole, 48 points to negative 3. He went, and went ahead and started... Uh, what was left, what is scraped together of a San Francisco defense against Aaron Rodgers, probably not a start that he's super thrilled with. Uh, and Lamar gets 33 from Devontae Adams, 12 from Mason Crosby, 
and he went waiver wire hunting with his running back in Jermichael Hasty, who only puts up 3.3. So a good start for Lamar against Brett. Josh, you've got Jeremiah this week, so mm-hmm. I have a feeling your confidence level is probably fairly high. Yeah, I'm confident, but then again, it's like, hey, I, I, the thing is, is Searles has kept playing. Like, he hasn't given up. He's still setting his lineup. He's still making acquisitions, and, like, his projected total isn't anything to sneeze at. It's 115, which is more than several other uh, other guys. But, I mean, yes, I, I, I expect to win. I beat Searles, I think it was, like, three weeks ago by 50, 60 points. So I'm hoping this the same result happens this week, but... Anything can happen, so I'm 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 still you know a little bit anxious about it. Austin, you have a rematch with Tim. How how much are you looking forward to this matchup? Oh, we've had this one circled since week one. Tim was on the pod <laughs> talking all that smack as Tim is wont to do. So confidence level in my team is probably only four or five, but the the juice meter is up at an eleven out of ten. That's for sure. Let's let's look at this matchup a little a little closer because a lot of our listeners probably haven't memorized who's on whose team i don't blame him i haven't either <laughs> so austin you, you're looks like you're, are you rolling out drew Locke as your starter this week unsure wow. matthew stafford tested positive for covid he's got a test uh negative the rest of the week to play i would much rather slot stafford in there against a an occasionally porous minnesota secondary but i i moved drew Locke there preemptively just in case Stafford doesn't play it wouldn't be my first choice but at least I'd get some points from quarterback yep uh so you got Chase Edmonds Zach Moss both backs trending up Zach Moss had a couple of touchdowns last week for Buffalo he's been nagged by a turf toe injury for Buffalo this was I drafted Zach Moss and I was really really high on him uh but I needed a roster spot I couldn't afford to to hold it with with all of my injury situations and him being injured I needed somebody that could play so I had to cut him loose, unfortunately. Uh, Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Austin, uh, what, what is your take on the Tampa Bay? And Josh, I want to get your thoughts, too. Mm-hmm. On the Tampa Bay receivers, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin has been on the shelf for much of the year, and now you throw in Antonio Brown into this situation. I suppose Gronk, for that matter, too. Where are you at with, uh, with Tampa Bay and, and maybe how Antonio Brown will affect Mike Evans? I'm not thrilled by that pickup. My hope is that Antonio Brown does Antonio Brown things off the field so he doesn't do Antonio Brown things (laughs) on the field, at least from a personal perspective. Mike Evans is normally projected for 15, 16, 17 points a week. He's only down to 12.2 points because there are so many options there for Tom Brady with all those guys you listed. So the more receivers Tampa Bay picks up, the the more I die inside because Mike Evans needs all those targets and yards for me to have any success. The thing that may should make you feel better is nobody has been targeted more in the red zone in all of football at any position than Mike Evans. Oh, it's so wonderful. you know they're probably wow. at least going to give him some red zone throws. Josh, where are you at with how Bruce Arians is going to use this? Tom Brady obviously wanted Antonio Brown to come in, but there's only there's a yeah. lot of mouths to feed now. Right. That, that That's the thing is that it's going to be interesting to see how Tom Brady spreads the ball around to all these different guys. Antonio Brown, I... I don't really have a great feel on how he's going to be used. Now, I we we bring this up sometimes. We you know kind of cross over uh, shows here on Sports Nightly. We have a buy sell question about whether Antonio Brown will score a touchdown this season, and I was the only one out of the six of us to buy it. And I I, I do think that he'll get a touchdown, but I don't. I, he's not a guy that I would go and and pick up in fantasy, but. His impact will probably be more of how he affects 
the rest of the Bucks in fantasy? Do those do the Mike Evans and the Gronks do they get fewer touches because he's there? Or and you know, does he help Tom Brady's numbers? Because I'm going up against Tom Brady on Cyril's team this week in fantasy. Does he boost Brady and, and help him get better fantasy numbers? I I don't have a great feel on that, but I I could definitely see it <laughs> imploding, or maybe it'll it'll go well for the Bucks and they'll have an even more potent offense. Has anybody snagged A B in our league? Did anybody go pick him up or is he still on the on the waiver wire? Because full disclosure, I, I'm in a couple deeper leagues that I've went and scooped him up uh, just because of my receiver situation is so bad. Brett went and got him. Brett, go. so he's on Brett's roster right now. So the interesting thing about AB is this isn't just a normal, like a Des Bryant. Like Antonio Brown was the number one player in fantasy like three years ago. Like yeah. this is, <laughs> this, you're talking about a guy who set records for fantasy points for wide receivers for so many years. So I think there are, are some people probably holding on to a little bit of that saying, if you could get a little bit of production out of that, out of that spot, uh, or half of that production, you're, you're going to, he's worthy of a roster spot. If you're struggling at wide receiver, Oh, uh, let's look at Tim's was- roster Deshaun Watson back off a of bye. He's at Jacksonville, Ezekiel Elliott, man, I would love to get Tim's thoughts on, uh, on Zeke, uh, and and the lack of production, the the Cowboys situation, he's probably feeling how I'm feeling in another league because I have Zeke as well, and it's not good. It's not good. I've tried to trade him. I, you know, I've I've tried to get rid of him, but I think at this point you're just stuck uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and his 15 carries, 40 yard gains, and you know, hopefully he can get a goal line touchdown here and there because that's really all you you've got. Uh, Todd Gurley, speaking of low yardage, high touchdowns, I think Gurley's up to eight rushing touchdowns this year. And if it wasn't for those touchdowns, his fantasy value would absolutely plummet. Um, so Tim's got Gurley in there as well. Julio Jones has been coming on very strong lately. Tim's throwing the safety blanket out there with Cole Beasley. He's good for six catches and 70 yards. <laughs> Maybe he'll get lucky and, and score a touchdown. And and Curtis Samuel, who's had a much bigger role with Carolina and I can't believe it's waited. I've waited this long to talk about this, boys. But lucky me, I get I get Mick this week and Christian McCaffrey uh, coming off the the injured list. So his first <laughs> game back, I get to go up against him, and couldn't be more thrilled to do so. Hopefully he's rusty, right? <laughs> Hopefully he gets like twenty percent snaps. Let yeah. me uh, let me double check here and make sure Mick has got him. I mean, they're going oh, he up doesn't have the, him in his lineup. They're going up against the Chiefs, so McCaffrey should be more a receiving threat than a rushing threat, you would think, with how the Panthers are probably going to have to play Kansas City. Yeah, right. he does not have him in his lineup. So, uh, And he had Jarek McKinnon on the bench, so thanks, Mick. Thanks for <laughs> looking out uh, there. So, yeah, interesting stuff. And, you know, the, the, the prospect of some of these uh, of these guys coming back or could completely change – um, some of these rosters, McCaffrey and and Antonio Brown. I don't think he's a game changer, but you know he's definitely going to have an effect on, like Josh said, Tom Brady and and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans for those owners as well. Okay, guys, uh, now that we're not competing against one another, before we uh, hang her up, start sits. Are we are we all confident in our lineups or any questions before we uh, we get kicked off here? Yeah, I actually, I'm still waiting to hear if Calvin Ridley is is going to play um, as of the recording of this podcast. So right now, I do not have him in my lineup. I picked up Jerry Judy, who's projected at 11 points. So 
I don't feel great about that pickup, but he's at least points in the lineup, hopefully, whereas if Ridley doesn't play. But otherwise, I'm uh, there's there's really no start-sit situations for me. I've got three different guys on on buys and then a couple of injuries. So I'm I'm pretty much set with my lineup. Austin? Yeah, no, the only thing I'm waiting on is the uh, decision on Matthew Stafford that might not be a decision if he tests positive again. But other than that, I think I'm pretty well set. Is Locke, is Locke your only other quarterback? Currently, yes. Okay. Uh, good. Okay, yeah, I don't really have any start sits. My Bengals guys are, are on buys. I, I think I might be done with Mike Davis for the year. He was a great filler, um, but might need to cut ties with him with uh, CMC. Might hold on to him and see if he re-aggravates that ankle and he could be a nice plug-and-play for me. Um, Benjamin Jonathan Taylor, done done with him. Just done with that guy <laughs> oh, until he proves right. to me that he can he can stop running at the back of his offensive lineman. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let him sit on the bench for a little while. Someone I've offered got... me a trade for him, trying to uh, prey on my Colts fandom, but I told him Taylor's been absolutely cheeks this year, and you couldn't give me enough to take him off your hands. Was that another league? Because I, I don't think yeah, I different league, not you. Okay, so I don't think I tried to pawn him off. I did try and pawn him off on another league, but. Um, that happens to be the same league I have Zeke. So I went from thrilled about my running backs in like week four to just ready to, to crumple them up and throw them in the garbage Air uh, raid time right now. Ugh, crazy. Okay, guys, prediction time. We are now officially 0 for 24 on our predictions for highest of the week. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's start with you, Austin. Week nine predictions, highest score of the week. Who is it going to be last, last week? No surprise with uh, the four touchdown effort, 200 uh, scrimmage yards. It was um, Dalvin Cook who resides on Saucy Nugs. Yeah. So who's it going to be? I'm going to take the known quantity and say no one tops Devontae Adams' 33 points. So give me the Ooh, guy that's already okay. played this week. Interesting. Okay. That's a that's yeah, a actually interesting strategy. A, yeah. I, I think somebody's going to beat that. We've had pretty consistently guys going in the upper 30s, lower 40s. Um, I'm actually going to go out on a limb. You got to be a little bit risky here to get something. And, uh, I'm going to go with the guy who is projected to come off the injured reserve this week, Christian McCaffrey. So I think, I don't know if going against the chiefs is going to be a great matchup, but maybe he'll, he'll have a breakout game and, and, and go crazy. So Christian McCaffrey. He can go crazy all he wants as long as Mick has him on his bench. Right. That's that's what would be funny is we come in next week. He's the highest scorer for the week. He didn't even play for Mick. That'd be that'd be something. Austin, just an FYI, you picked Devontae Adams last week as well. I don't know it's if you true. remembered that. I did. But yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who do we got here? Um You know what? I I am gonna go with um Man. I got it I got it between two. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the cop out here. I I haven't really taken the easy way out yet. I mean, I say the easy way out. The, the easy way out hasn't worked for anybody the entire year. So I don't know that that's necessarily uh, cheating to take the highest projected guy on ESPN. But give me Russell Wilson. I mean, the guy's just he's throwing touchdowns left and right, and I feel like sooner or later, um, you know, he's gonna be back on top. So maybe we I'm should go. just like all c- conspire and pick the top three guys each week and then see, hope yeah, that sometime it, it actually comes true. And like I feel would, like I've would, been trying to to do something kind of outside the box each week and it doesn't ever work. So it would be interesting going back and seeing, you know, if if any of the top three were 
were actually the highest score, and if so, how many times, and if that strategy yeah. would even work. I don't know if it would or Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, um, best of luck uh, this week. Hopefully, like I always say, hopefully your teams stay healthy and, you know, we can uh, – you know, we're we're not having to scrape together any more any more potential damages with with rosters like some of us had to do. But um, Josh, for you, I suppose just keep doing what you're doing. It's working, yeah. right? I mean, right. If it ain't if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Exactly. Austin, I'm, for you, I, uh, stay healthy. After, after you, I think after last week, I think you need to fix a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what there is to fix or how how you how you go about fixing it. But you know, we'll kind of see how that unfolds and. I'm not. I'm not optimistic at all with my boys this week. Considering um, I left George Kittle in and the, the the trends of Kittles and Blitz. What do you guys think here before we before we sign off? Do I need a new team name if I'm if I'm cutting ties with George Kittle? I mean, is that something? I mean, it's, my team I'm doesn't not have opposed. a lot of play for, lot to play for. You know, like yeah, I'm not opposed in in general when it comes to fantasy sports to changing a team name in the middle of the season. I've done that before and. I, you know, the, the team that you, the team name you start out with doesn't have to be the team name you finish with. That's my opinion, <laughs> but I, that's that, yeah. Take that for what it's worth. I would Maybe say that's if the Cardinals defense is a heavy blitzing defense. It still makes a little bit of sense to keep it, but it is Kittles and blitz, not blitz and Kittles. So, and a yeah. change might not be the worst <laughs> thing. Maybe it'll just be injuries and blitz. Maybe that's what I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Just cause that's, there that's how we're rolling. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Good luck this week. And, uh, I don't know if they're going to make us trio go for back for round three next week but we'll uh, see. We'll, yeah just kind of wait and see what's in store i don't know what the bosses uh, will tell us uh with who's <laughs> right. in charge of the fantasy football podcast thanks to you guys thanks to austin thanks to josh thanks to all you thanks for tim for listening or for producing thanks to all you for listening hopefully your teams perform well we're back with you next week enjoy the games we'll talk to you then